Shalom, everyone. This is Bonnell with the J6 Insurrection Podcast. I'm saying shalom because it is Hanukkah, and I thought I would uh, do a shout-out to my uh, uh, brother uh, Jewish folk. <laughs> I hope they're having a wonderful holiday. Um, well, the reason that I wanted to jump on the horn is because a lot has been going on. And I posted my last session, uh, which really hasn't got that many hits, which I'm really surprised by, but because it, I did it in the morning, and then Jack Smith uh, filed his motion of certio orari, I think that's how you pronounce it, certiorari, it's a weird word, but uh, he did it like that afternoon. And if you haven't, which if you listen to my podcast, you already know what Jack Smith already did. Uh, Jack Smith wants to expedite uh, the immunity uh, claim that the ex-president Donald J. Trump has um, has taken, uh, which is incorrect. But everything that he does is incorrect and or wrong. So why wouldn't his attorneys file an absolute immunity clause um, saying that the ex-president is allowed to do whatever he wants. And I have a bridge um, in Washington to sell you if you believe what Donald J. Trump is shoveling you. You know, and the reason that I haven't been doing sessions is because I've been on Capitol Hill. And I just left a committee hearing, which was for the um it was for the uh, department of homeland security and how the republican party is trying to stifle an agency so that they don't do their job and it really was surprising because uh, it was you know it was kind of last minute i wasn't quite sure if i was going to go but I thought, what the hell, I'll go. Um, and the witnesses there were basically saying that, you know, like media uh, websites, and they were saying, you know, the government shouldn't be censoring what we say. And, you know, they, the, the, and the Republicans, of course, don't want the government to be able to um, do their job. So what they're trying to do is get the uh, these websites, because that's really what they are. They can call themselves media companies, whatever. They're just websites. And the company presidents were there, and they're basically saying, you know, oh, Department of Homeland Security and, uh, and the CISA group, you know, they're trying to censor us. No, they don't want you saying and posting anything you want. And the, and of course, the Republican Party um, is the uh, chairman bishop, I believe his name was. And he's, you know, basically siding with the MAGA cult party. And, and they're saying, oh, the government has no place censoring these websites. And and then, of course, the companies, they want carte blanche to say whatever they want. And, you know, and then I'm thinking... Well, the main problem with society today is that websites are allowed to do whatever they want. Fuck book and twatter 
and Fox News and all the rest of them, you know, they want to say whatever they want and then, uh, you know, and lie and steal and cheat and unregulated and that's what they want. So, of course, they're going to side with the companies because the companies are greasing them. And the, the Department of Homeland Security and the uh, minority ranking member, you know, he's like, we're, we're all trying to protect our speech. But that doesn't mean that you get to say whatever you want. And that really is the MAGA cult Republican Party's strategy. They want to shut it all down so that people are out there shooting each other at will because they believe that um, the virus is not a problem. And then, of course, as soon as they start talking about the pandemic, here walks in Marjorie Taylor Greene. MTG, more Trump garbage. And that was my cue to walk out. I'm like, I'm not staying here. I'm not listening to a word that Windbag has to say. And it was funny because she showed up late, obviously. And as soon as they started talking about the pandemic, she became very animated. And it was like, what does she... What, what drives her about the pandemic, which is confusing to me, because, you know, whether you believe that it was a pandemic or it wasn't a pandemic or whether you should inject bleach into your veins um, to cure yourself, that's your opinion and that's your belief and you're entitled to it. But what you don't get to do is go on Fox News or... Um, twatter and tell people that it's a fact. That is not a First Amendment right. So that really is what it was about. But anyway, I thought that I would share that with you because I thought it was interesting. And I'm going to start filming these committee hearings. So uh, that's another thing that I'm going to throw into the mix of video. And like I said, I'm going to do video soon. It's just not relevant right now because um, the trial hasn't started. You know, the trial starts March um March 4th, 2024. And that's the one that really is my um, bread and butter. That's why I created this podcast was to um, uh, document uh, Donald J. Trump's conviction. So, um, and this reminds, you know, it's been, like I said, it's been a busy few days. And yesterday was Rudy Giuliani um, in court. And I mean, you want to talk about a bumbling fucking idiot? Okay, so he is being sued by Shea Moss and Ruby, um, Ruby, uh, whatever her name is, Ruby something, her mother. And Shea, I kind of came in in the middle of it, but it, it was just started on Monday, so I was there yesterday. And the weird thing was that that night before... Rudy Giuliani basically said that everything that he said about them was true. And there was a fact, and he was going to prove it. And I kind of walked in when the judge was chastising Rudy Giuliani and their attorneys, saying that whatever he says is um, important. Meaning that if he, if he defames them once again, he's going to be held responsible. So I kind of walked in the middle of that, and... 
And his attorney was like, well, you know, he's an 80-year-old man. I can't really control him. Fuck that shit. That asshole. You know, and and the part that is um, alarming is that he is not even there. He's physically there, but mentally he's not there. And, you know, because when you're in the courtroom, it's kind of a closed quarter kind of experience. So here you have... um, Shay Moss, who was the lady that they were accusing of passing vials of heroin and cocaine back and forth, um, or uh, USB ports, which is completely false because they were passing a ginger mint, and it was on video, and this was part of the conspiracy. This was part of the scheme. So, of course, Rudy Drunken Giuliani is out there fucking defaming these poor ladies and I was like I can't even believe that he had the audacity the night before to say that what he was saying was true and the judge was just slapping him down and then when we um, took a break for lunch I was getting on the elevator and I was standing you know waiting for the elevator and here comes Giuliani and his attorneys or his uh baggage handlers, whoever they were. And the one of the guy, I think it was one of his attorneys, was like, I got to get Rudy something to eat. He wants a hamburger. So, and it's like, why can't Rudy get his own hamburger? But anyway, it was weird. So then I went down to the cafeteria and he was sitting there like eating with his hands. And it was just really sad to see him in the state that he was. He looked sad and pathetic and broken and and not even there. Like the people were having conversations around him and he was just sitting there eating. And you know what I compare it to? It's like, you know when you're hungover the, the, and the next day you have to eat something to kind of get rid of your hangover? That's kind of what it reminded me of. You know, it's like you're completely out of it. You're, you're in pain and you're just eating just to eat something so that you don't you know, die from your hangover. That's what it reminded me of. And and then it, he doesn't say a word. And he's sitting literally 10 feet, not even 10 feet, like five feet from Shea Moss. And, you know, during the whole trial, Shea Moss is like, Rudy Giuliani said this, and he, you know, defamed me here, and he's doing it again. And I walked into the hotel, and it was on all the TVs. Because that was like the headline yesterday. Um, And here he is. He can't even get himself something to eat. He's being tried for millions and millions of dollars. And I have to say, Shea Moss looked like a millionaire. So good for her. But the reason that I'm here, uh, let's kind of talk about what Mr. Jack Smith has filed um, as early as Monday evening. Uh, That was a petition for a writ of certiorari before judgment to the United States Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia. This motion to the United States expedite briefing. So like I said before, Jack Smith wants to expedite Trump's claim of absolute immunity as a president, which is wrong and incorrect and stupid, really. Um, So... You know, it's really not that long of a document. It's only six pages long. So I want to read some of the important things that are in the certiorari. So 
The first thing that I want to highlight is that Jack Smith explains that the government's petition for writ of certiorari before judgment expedited proceedings in this court are warranted to resolve respondents' claims of immunity and allow the charges in the indictment to be fairly and speedily tried if the court rejects respondents' claims of immunity. They want to recognize the public's right to a prompt and efficient resolution of this matter. And that's in quotes, so that's coming from Jack Smith and his team. And I know that they have a new attorney. Uh, I think his name was Beeman or something. I, I Honestly, I can't remember. Well, I'll tell you right now what his name was. It was, yeah. Oh, Michael R. Dreben. That's the new attorney that Trump, um, that Jack Smith has placed on um, his team. So, some other um, paragraphs in the motion to expedite. He says, the district court denied respondents presidential immunity and related double jeopardy claims. Because if you remember, Trump has been claiming presidential immunity on all the cases that are being tried against him. And he keeps saying, because he's stupid and ignorant, that he has presidential immunity. But the court concluded that the Constitution's text, structure, and history support the conclusion that respondent, that's the idiot, may be subject to federal investigation, indictment, prosecution, conviction, and punishment for any criminal acts undertaken while in office. See, this is the, the bridge that the MAGA cult are trying to sell the American people. And it's rich that they are currently on Capitol Hill, I missed it this morning, but I'm gonna catch them on the rebound, that they're nailing Hunter Biden to the cross, James Comer and Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan from Ohio and James Comer from, I think he's from Alabama, okay? And you wanna talk about an, a, um, a pack of liars, Jim Jordan, I'm, I've been looking for him, and I went to his office today, but of course, you know, he's nowhere to be found because, you know, they had their, um, you know, it's funny how they take questions from the media, and then they insult the questions that are being asked because they're raising the issue that they're going to impeach, the House of Republicans are going to impeach the current president with no evidence. And you want to talk about a can kangaroo court? See, what they're, this is what you call the tail that wags the dog. They are going to impeach President Biden and his son because that is the tail wagging the dog. Because they don't want you, the American people, to see or hear on their propaganda outlets that Trump is currently indicted 92 times or 91. I, lose track okay 91 charges four indictments everything ranging from stolen secret documents to coup d'etats or election interference which is really a coup d'etat okay so jack goes on to or jack smith goes on to say this case involves an issue of exceptional national importance the amenability to federal prosecution of a former president of the United States for conduct undertaken during his presidency. See, this is the problem being near the Capitol 
the police, you know, they turn those sirens on um, because they're going to go get donuts. But anyway, um, so during the presidency and the effect, if any that his acquittal and impeachment proceedings has on this federal prosecution, it goes on to say, this case should therefore be resolved expeditiously. So the trial proceedings may resume if and when respondents' claims of immunity is ultimately rejected. Now, that's an important part because the reason that Jack Smith wants to expedite this case is because the ex-45th ex president of these United States is doing everything in his power to slow it down. Delay, delay, delay. Because he doesn't want to give the American people a chance to see the evidence laid before them so that they can make a conscious decision um, of what is the difference between right and wrong, fact and fiction. And that has been the problem of the MAGA cult, is that they're living in an alternate universe and it exists on Capitol Hill, because I just witnessed it at a Department of Homeland Security's committee hearing, because they, they're systematically in different agencies trying to shut things down because they don't legislate, ladies and gentlemen. And you know what? I just found this out the other day, um, that they have the worst record in the history of the Congress, that they have never passed more bills than 21. And the that was the record, 21 bills in an entire administration. Theirs is 22. So the MAGA cult Republican Party has only passed 22 bills in the past how many years? Because they don't know how to legislate, nor do they know how to govern. But what they do know how to do is bring phony... Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, it's all day, every day. It never gets boring on Capitol Hill. But getting back to what Jack Smith has just filed and the response from the Supreme Court, which you may or may not have heard by now, but the Supreme Court, which I'm very happy with. And, you know, it's like you got to take your, take your uh, punches, but you also got to uh, give accolades when they're um, warranted. And I'm going to read it because I think it's important. Monday, December 11th, 2023, order in pending case. United States v. Trump Donald J. Petitioner's motion to expedite consideration of the petition for a writ of certiorari before judgment is granted. And respondent is directed to file a response to the petition on or before 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Wednesday, a week from today, December 20th, 2023. So basically that's saying that dum-dum uh, Trump has until next week, Wednesday, to file his uh, response to that motion. So it's going to be interesting to see what they say in response to Jack Smith's certiorari. Certiorari. I think I'm saying it right. But, which is promising because the Supreme Court, and you know, people are kind of hedging their bets. So like, well, is the Supreme Court going to hear the case, I think that 
them responding in a matter of hours pretty much says, this is an important case and we need to hear it. You know, people are using the term leapfrogging, but really what they're doing is they're going past the appeal process because right now, Trump and his ambulance chasing attorneys are um, appealing the um, presidential immunity um, facade um, and they're sitting on it. And they sat on the last one for almost a year. So Jack Smith, in his infinite wisdom, is saying, hey, we need to move fast on this because we don't have time um, to allow the MAGA cult to lie to the American people once again and, um, and let Trump's lies rule the airwaves 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. And myself, like you, my friends, are exhausted by the Trump reality show. And I've said this before. It's like a reality show you're not allowed to turn off because I've been trying to turn it off for quite some time. And I even make jokes about it. But at this point, it has become um, brainwashing and propaganda because, because it just is. So Jack Smith in Washington, D.C., I think it was today, he filed a SEPA Rule 6 hearing on 12, well, that was yesterday, 12-12, pleading for classified information. That's in the Washington, D.C. case, just like in uh, Florida, the Mar-a-Lago stolen secret documents case. They have to file a SEPA hearing here in Washington, D.C., and that is an important part of the um, coup d'etat trial because there's a lot of secret information that the, the, um, the prosecutors have to make sure that they don't kind of, you know, give away the, the keys to the castle. So another important motion that Jack Smith has filed is the government's notice pursuant to federal rule of evidence. And that is the one where Jack Smith is anticipating expert testimony. And that case, hold on, let me make sure I got the right, there's so many different cases that I can't even keep track, but I'll just give you kind of a skinny of what is going on here. Um, Jack Smith has anticipated expert testimony and Judge Chutkin in Washington, D.C. wanted um, this information or discovery before a certain date. So today, Jack Smith, or was it yesterday, presented what um, expert witnesses he was going to introduce at trial. And this is an important one because these witnesses are going to testify, and there's experts, um, three different experts, and they're going to testify to the phone usage, so cell phone usage, and, and the data used, and how it was shared and collaborated on before and after January 6th. So this is an important one, so I'm going to say that again. Jack Smith has introduced witnesses that are, he's going to present at trial for the January 6th insurrection trial, expert witnesses, they're going to 
display cell phone data from Trump's phones and all the other co-conspirators that they used and the data, they're going to show maps, they're going to show location, they're going to show history, they're going to show, and they're going to plot it, they're going to graph it. And I think that's an important part of the evidence because, well, for many different reasons, but one is going to show who was texting who, right? Because back in the day, early on in this, um, in this case, uh, they were saying that Trump had called Jim Jordan six times. That's going to be my first question to Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan, Mr. Jim Jordan, I don't even call him Mr. Jordan, what did you, and I remember that when uh, media was asking him this a couple, three years ago, basically, you know, who were you talking to um, when Trump called you? What were you guys talking about? And he was like, you know, nervous Nancy, like, oh, I don't remember, you know, we were this, we need to know what he was talking about. Because it's not too much of a stretch to allegedly say that he was um, a ringleader on some of the insurrectionists that were on Capitol Hill that day trying to burn down the Capitol. So you want to, you need to explain to me why Jim Jordan needed to speak with the then president, 45, on the worst day in American history, um, why he was talking to him six times. Okay, so that's going to be one of the things that comes out. And I think that's going to be, it's going to be a, it's going to be groundbreaking. Because, you know, before, you would say 10, 15 years ago, this kind of uh, evidence really didn't exist and it really wasn't relevant. But today, it really does paint the picture of who was, you know, texting who, who was, you know, using Signal on the back end, because that's all the data that they're going to bring up. And I can't wait because, you know, it, it, that's why they took Boris Epstein's phone, the Russian agent. That's why they took John Eastman's phone. That's why they took Jeffrey Clark's phone. That's why they took Scott Perry's phone. Because all of these co-conspirators were conspiring the scheme to overthrow the election with Donald J. Trump. And a lot of these senators and House of Republicans that are still sitting on Capitol Hill, they are part of it. Okay, so that is the experts one. So I'm just going to go through the different experts. So expert one, plotted location history for Google location history and devices associated with individuals who moved around on January 6th. Expert two, they're going to show the processes in determining device location, history, and graphical representation. Expert three is going to show extracted data from White House cell phone used by Trump and defendant number one. So we still don't know who defendant number one is, but that's just another co-conspirator that was used, you know, texting or calling or whatever with 45. And images associated with cell phones, websites, and of course, Twitter accounts used on and before and after January 6th. So that's kind of the latest and the greatest information for 
what Jack Smith is going to present. So remember, there were several things that happened this week, and I'm sure you already know this, and it's not like I'm recreating the wheel, but the certiorari that Jack Smith has filed, uh, the motion to the Supreme Court is critical. And of course, if the Supreme Court does hear it, and I believe they will because they've already said, signaled that they were going to expedite it or listen to it, and based on the Constitution and the law, the one thing that you learned growing up, obviously the MAGA cult party didn't learn this in school because they didn't really learn anything, no one is above the law. And there's no such thing as presidential immunity, period. Well, anyway, I'm going to end there, and I hope everyone has a wonderful day. And once again, I'm going to be jumping on soon, depending on what the latest and the greatest news is. Um, and I, I think that the Giuliani trial is going to end this week, so maybe I, I want to be there for when they... Um, slap down his fine of millions of dollars so I can walk up to Shea Moss and say, what's up, millionaire? Anyone, have a wonderful day, and let's chat soon. Bye-bye.